Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead. And on this episode, let's talk about why category design is a new level of thinking, a different way about thinking about how to build a legendary business and a whole different approach to marketing. And one of the things that we said in Play Bigger, actually Kevin Maney, the legendary Kevin Maney wrote in Play Bigger, that category design is a new lens on business. And once you have that lens, you see things in a very unique way. I think it's a secret black art. It's a secret skill. It's like understanding gravity in a world where nobody else understands gravity. It really provides you with a, a perspective that few others have. I get asked a lot, well, okay, I get all that, Lockhead, I read your shit, but how do I use that category design lens day-to-day in my business? How, do, how, do, how does it change what, what I see and how I think? And so here's what I thought would be cool. I'm going to break down a recent story in the, Wall Street Journal for, uh, in the Wall Street Journal for you about Google buying Fitbit, and I'm going to underscore how much the article is actually not just about one company buying another, but really the dynamics of category creation and category design. And the truth is, this story is about category as much, if not more, than it is about Google buying Fitbit. I hope, it, I hope that sort of going through this with me will help you develop your eye and your ear for uh, a category lens. We're sponsored by my friends at Oracle NetSuite. You know, I'm really proud that NetSuite is our founding sponsor because they are the platform for entrepreneurial businesses. They are number one in cloud ERP. They're a category king, category queen themselves. And they're a company that was created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. So if you want to build the platform for growth, check out netsuite.com slash different, and you'll be able to set up a free one-hour growth review with an expert at netsuite.com slash different. And my friends at Splunk want to help you bring data to everything. It's no, it's no secret. We are living in the data age. A digitization, digital transformation, whatever you want to call it, it's happening everywhere. And Splunk brings data to every question, every decision, and every action. Check out Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K dot com slash D to E as in data to everything. Now, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockheed on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. So let's break down this Wall Street Journal article. It was uh, updated on November 1st, 2019. It's written by Rob Copeland and Patrick Thomas. And if you go to the show notes at lockhead.com, first you'll, of course, get a click through to the article on the Wall Street Journal. And we're also going to put in the show notes, uh, the talking point notes that I use to do this breakdown. So if you want to track with me, go to lockhead.com, check out this episode, and, and you can follow along in the show notes if you like. Uh, All right, so the headline to this article says, quote, Google to buy Fitbit, amping up wearables race. Google to buy Fitbit, amping up wearables race. 
So when they say amping up wearables race, what are they saying? Wearables is the category that Fitbit pioneered. And so this headline really says, uh, Google is buying Fitbit to do battle in the wearables category. Race, of course, also speaks to the fact that in wearables now and in every legendary category, there comes a time when there is typically an 18th to 24-month epic category battle. And the company that emerges as the category queen or category king tends to dominate that market category in some cases for decades to come. All right, so that's the headline. The subhead reads, deal to acquire makeable of wearable fitness products, again, the category, for $2.1 billion, extends Google's reach in consumer electronics. That's the subhead. So in the subhead, what they're really telling you is they're buying this wearable fitness company to extend their reach in a mega category called consumer electronics. So in the subhead, they're saying there's this mega category, consumer electronics, and there's a niche or a subcategory in that mega category called wearables. So headline and subhead stressing big time, there's a category race going on, there's this mega category called consumer electronics, and there's this hot new niche called wearables. So before you even get into the article, the, the sort of category lens is yelling at you if you can hear it. All right, the article goes on to say, first, first sentence says, Google reached a deal to buy wearable fitness products company, Fitbit, for roughly $2.1 billion, a move that intensifies the battle amongst technology giants to capture consumers through devices other than smartphones. That's the opening sentence. All right, so when you, when you, when you read this through a category lens, what do you see? Well, at the very beginning, notice when they say Google reached a deal to buy, they don't say Fitbit. They say wearable fitness products company. That's the category. And this is a great example of the fact that people need to know what it is before who it is. Category first, brand second. It's the way the human brain works. And I'm guessing that the two authors of this article, uh, Rob Copeland and Patrick Thomas, I'm going to guess they are not students of category design. They may have never even heard about categories. But intuitively, they understand that they put the term wearable fitness products company in front of Fitbit because we need to understand uh, what it is before knowing who it is. And this underscores the fact that categories make brands, not the other way around. That is to say, your brand is only valuable if you have designed and dominate a category that people believe is valuable. Okay, they go on to say, uh, in a move that intensifies the battle among technology giants to capture consumer consumers through devices other than smartphones. So this is... Uh, 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 they are framing the kind of category battle that Google is in now that they're buying uh, Fitbit. They go on to say, for Google, the deal marks a further push into health as it faces regulatory threats to its massive internet search and advertising business. Okay, in this next sentence, some more fascinating category shit. For Google, the deal marks a further push into health. Okay, so they're buying a wearables company that is in, that's a niche 
inside of this mega category called uh, consumer electronics. And they're describing this, the journal is describing this as a further push into health. So if you imagine a Venn diagram in your head with the three bubbles, right? So they're, the, what they're really talking about is how Google is trying to position itself in new categories uh, that are emerging. In this case, health wearables. And then they go on to say, as it faces regulatory threats in its massive internet search and advertising business. Well, what they're telling us, they're reminding us that Google is the category king in those spaces. And they're so dominant that the government is starting to poke at them to see if they're too dominant, which underscores the fact that uh, category queens and kings take the vast majority of the economics in categories that they dominate. The article goes on to say, it also puts Google in renewed and direct competition with Silicon Valley neighbor Apple Inc., which in the past week said rising sales of wearables and related services were becoming a bigger driver of its business. Okay, well, that statement is clear. Uh, Apple is starting to pull ahead in the category battle for wearables, and they're framing the competition in new wearables. Um, and, and, and essentially, they're, they're suggesting that Google needed to make a move like this, right? The, the, because of Apple's ascendance in wearables. They go on to say, Google's parent Alphabet Inc. will spend just a sliver of its 121 billion cash hoard to branch out with Fitbit's products. Alphabet's $2.1 billion bid was a $7.35 a share in cash, a 19.19 premium to Fitbit's, Fitbit's closing price Thursday, and more than 70% above where the stock was trading last week before deal talks were first reported by Reuters. So what does this tell us? It speaks to the fact that companies who are perceived to be um, category queens, pioneering high growth potential categories with a uh, lead or dominating position get a massive premium. And uh, not to tease you too much, but my buddy Eddie Yoon, author of Super Consumers, has been doing some fascinating research uh, lately about um, M&A, and uh, category, and uh, we'll be publishing that in our new book, so stay tuned. All right. Um, the article goes on to say, the deal lands at a moment when Google and other tech giants are under scrutiny on a number of fronts over their competitive practices and dominance of certain businesses, including acquisitions. So when they say um, competitive practices and dominance of certain businesses, what I believe they're saying is because Google is such a dominant category king, they're facing the scrutiny, which almost always happens because category kings, as we know, uh, we report it and play bigger, get 76% of all of the economics in a market category, at least in the tech industry. Um, then they go on to say, founded in 2007, Fitbit makes so-called wearables, again, the category name, or watches and bracelets that primarily track health information like heart rate. Such products have fascinated Silicon Valley, where technology executives of all ages proudly wear rings and other devices to track sleep and hack their own personal performance. So here, what are they doing? They're really speaking to the fact that um, early adopters, technology enthusiasts, are, are the primary buyers of these quote-unquote wearables. They go on to say, wearables have proven so far less popular with the broader public. 
Google several years ago launched a brand of smart glasses that attracted as much ridicule as buyers, and Snap Inc. likewise got a lukewarm response to its hyped spectacles line. This is really speaking to the reality of all new categories. That is to say, in the very beginning, who buys are the super consumers, who buys are the early adopters. Um, and um, here's something that most people don't get. A emerging category, even with uh, one with the potential of wearables, always stalls as it goes from the early adopter super consumers into the mainstream. That's point A. Point B, the category will never succeed unless a category king can emerge. Because the truth is, consumers do not want choice. You and I make thousands of choices every day. And the reality is, more choices equal bad. Because when people have to choose, they have to think about it. And if they have to think about it, sometimes they need time. And particularly with technology products, if there's not a clear answer, that is to say a clear market category uh, queen or king, and they're like, oh, there's 10 companies doing that. It sounds really interesting. Not sure which one to buy. Uh, I'll just hold off and see who wins. This happens over and over and over again. And so interestingly enough, it's being underscored here. And my prediction is the wearables category will not explode until there is a clear category queen or category king. Um, they go on to say Fitbit traded, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the stock has cratered in the past few years as the company ceded market share to Apple and its smartwatch. What this really speaks to is Apple took the emerging category, which was really a fitness tracker that tracked your footsteps and then added more capabilities over time, reimagined it as a full-on quote-unquote smartwatch. And they moved the category from tracking one or two things to being a more broad-purposed, uh, a functional smartwatch that was tied to, in this case, of course, an iPhone. And so Apple is trying to redesign the wearable space with the smartwatch, much the way they redesign what was pri previously called the uh, wireless phone market. They changed the definition of the category from wireless phone to smartphone. They're trying to do the same thing here. Um, and then they go on to talk about uh, the products and what they do. And then they said, um, uh, Google also said it wouldn't use Fitbit's data to help power its massive online advertising business. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work in this regard, but here's the aha. Um, one of the keys to building a legendary category queen is to create a data flywheel. That is to say, the company that has more data about more customers and their behaviors, their wants and desires generally related to the category and can act on that data will create a massive flywheel. And I would assert to you that a, uh, a category flywheel driven by data is a seminal driver of business growth going forward. And it's interesting here that Google is coming out and saying they won't use that to drive advertising, we'll see. But it's an interesting underscoring, no matter what, of the power of data. Um, all right, I think that's about all I'm gonna highlight right now. Oh, one other thing uh, that's very cool. Um, in the article, they quote James Park, who is a co-founder of Fitbit, and they reference him as a Harvard dropout. And they quote him as saying, Google is an ideal partner 
to advance our mission. And that to me is just an underscoring of uh, the fact that most category designers, creators, pioneers of new shit are mission driven. They're missionaries, not mercenaries. He goes on to say, quote, with Google's resources and global platform, Fitbit will be able to accelerate innovation in the wearables category, scale faster, and make health even more accessible to everyone, he said in a statement. So James literally says, accelerate innovation in the wearables category, which would lead one to believe he probably has a pretty good idea of exactly what category design is. And then they go on to talk about uh, the deal closing and so forth and so on. And so what's my point? Here's an article that most people in business would read as one company buying another company. Some people in business would read it and go, they're paying a 70% premium? That's crazy. They're stupid. The only reason that is, is the truth is because weed is legal in California. Well, it underscores the fact that what Google's doing here is they are buying a position, the leading position, in a hot new growth category. They're not just buying Fitbit or its products or its customers or its technology. They're buying a, 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 a position in a category, just like they did, uh, for example, when they bought YouTube. And of course, today, YouTube is the number two search engine on planet Earth. Anyway, I hope that helps you sort of uh, understand the category lens a little bit better. And I would urge you in, in your next business discussion, in the next article you read in the Wall Street Journal or whatever else you read, start to think about these things from a category perspective. How whatever they're talking about uh, often is really a description of a larger set of dynamics happening overall in the marketplace. All right. We would like to thank, <laughs> we would like to thank the amazing folks at OneLifeFullyLive.org. This is the nonprofit helping you dream, plan, and live your best life. Check them out, the number one OneLifeFullyLive.org. Uh, now, uh, do you want to do legendary marketing in Ireland? My friends at Fusion Communications are there to help. They do PR, graphic design, social media, and more with heart, soul, and substance. Check out my friends at Fusion Communications at F-U-Z-I-O-N, F-U-Z-I-O-N dot I-E. Um, and hey, while you're thinking about legendary shit, why not check out my first book, Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets. Um, if you're looking to do this in your business, check out my friends at Category Design Advisors. This is what they do, as they would suggest. Check out CategoryDesignAdvisors.com. And the thought I'll leave you with today comes from an Albert Einstein who said, We cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Thank you so much. Stay legendary. And until we're together again, follow your difference.